What's good, peeps? It is another episode of Play On Podcast with your gracious host, your ally when it comes to football news from a fan perspective, of course. And I am alongside my guy, the most crispiest, dry, ashiest host. What is going on here? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Hey, wait, hey, run this intro again. <laughs> the crispiest, driest host. Did you not just say you was putting lotion on? Yeah, just on like my elbows, like the rest of my body is covered, bro. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair you, you have got ash in your name, so it kind of makes like oh, ashy elbows, you know, kind of, what kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know? right, well, Kyle's Kyle, Kyle shooting for me, yeah? All right, all right we know what type of episode this is going to be, innit? All fun and games, all fun That's and games. How, how's things though? You sounded a bit groggy uh, when we first started <clears> talking, but I think you livened up a little bit now. I got a little bit more energy in you. You know what it is? Like when you shoot at me, <laughs> you get me like you trigger me. So nah, I'm 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 okay, man. I am tired. Um, kind of my default at the moment, but we move, man. We move. You're gonna need day. some energy because you're playing today, right? Yeah, yeah. I got a little tournament, a little tournament. That's really what I'm doing. I'm saving all my energy for the tournament. Don't worry. In two weeks' time, I'll tell you guys how I do. Okay. It's strategy. It's energy conservation. That's what's going on. So uh, I'm going to try and chip in with a little bit more talk so you can try and conserve a bit more energy. But somehow I feel like talking football energizes you more. So let's just yeah, see how that goes. It can do, to be fair. Um, well, there's a lot to talk about. There's uh, these fixtures not so much in terms of news, but there's a few things that have happened in these fixtures, some big score and a lot more fixtures coming up, which obviously at the time of recording, we're recording this on a Sunday before the Sunday games will happen. So there's a lot to talk about in anticipation of the Sunday matches. Um, just would have been nice, obviously, if we would have recorded after the matches so we can mm. talk about all the scores. But, eh, you know, is what it is. But the first game we can talk about, Saturday kickoff. Brentford 3, Southampton 0. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm. That is a Bless game. You. That is the kind of game where, you know, at 3 o'clock on a Saturday, I don't really want to watch the 3 o'clock kickoffs, to be honest with you. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And that's the kind of game where it's just not really the kind of game I want to watch. Uh, did you catch any of that yourself? I've seen the, the, I've seen the goals. Um yeah, I mean, they're both pretty much safe. I mean, Southampton technically can be caught by the teams below them, but I think it would take a monumental effort for, like we said, teams to just win three out of their, their four games to be able to catch them. So I think they're, I think they're both safe. Um, they both won the game on 40 points. Um, Brentford winning that game has shot up to 43 points. Um yeah, I was I was surprised it was 3-0, don't get me wrong. But Brentford are a weird side like that. They didn't really show up against United, but especially at home, they've really been giving some teams some 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 some, some lessons. So yeah, no, good good way. I think it's been a really successful season for Brentford to kind of come up, consolidate, be twelfth with two games to play. Um I definitely think they would have just been happy finishing seventeenth on the final day of the season to to extend their Premier League um journey to a second season but yeah no I'm really really happy to to even have them in the mix um for next season I think that they've had some really good good signings happen across the season obviously they've also had Ericsson coming which is just like a great kind of like feel-good story um so yeah I'm, I'm I'm really good not much to say about Southampton like they they get their regular slap in per year they kind of like bloody a few noses of like the big teams um and they'll get like a couple of like really big monumental home wins and then they'll just kind of like middle through the season. So, yeah, I think I think it's just a typical season for Southampton, but a very good season for Brentford. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's a huge feather in the cap of Thomas Frank this season. It's been a very successful promotion season for them. Um, like you say, two games left to goal, not a whole lot left to play for. And you just kind of have to say it's a job well done. Mm. And um, an assist from Ivan Tony, assist from Christian Eriksen. They've got loads of players in their squad that I'm not that familiar with. Um, I did see a little bit of the silver. He hasn't played really any football this season. Mm. Um, little bits and pieces after he's had a, an injury. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Josh the silver. 
next season. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out next season for them because, like I said, sometimes the first season is really easy. So do you remember like Sheffield United came up and like they had overlapping centre backs and it was great. We had um, Hal from the the Sheffield United podcast and it was all rosy, right? And then we brought him on a second time in that second season and it's a bit like, "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) so like once you're sussed out, so it'd be really interesting to see kind of like how they go again next year to be able to move themselves forward. But no, so far, so good. So far, so good. Having mentioned Christian Eriksen, uh, we all know he's going on a free in the summer. Would you take him at Arsenal as like a, nah. uh, a squad rotation option if we've nah. got, say, like European football, Premier League football, going to need a few more faces? No, nah, I don't. I think he's a good player, but I think actually he's... I, I think the where where the club wants to go, we, we, we don't need to be looking at Christian Eriksen. Sorry, Christian, but uh, maybe you should re-sign and stay at Brentford. Um, moving on, we've got Burnley 1, Aston Villa 3. This game, though, has a little bit more in terms of high stakes for me because Burnley are right in the mix in this relegation scrap. To be fair, now that Brentford have turned Southampton over, they might be sweating a little bit because... Uh, for example, if Burnley win their next game, they're going to be on 37 points, three points behind Southampton. Mm. Um, and with both teams with two games left to go. Uh, so they, they might just be sweating a little bit. Um, and with the form of Everton, I kind of thought Everton would have dropped more points by now, but they've been grinding out some victories. And Burnley are 35 games, 34 points. You've got in 16th, Leeds in 17th. We're on 34 points as well, but they've got a game in hand on Burnley, so they've got 34 games played. And then you've got Everton with 33 games played. They've got three games, uh, sorry, two games in hand on Burnley, and they're on 32 points, so they're two points behind Burnley. All they need is two draws to draw level with Burnley, and then they'll have they'll both have three games left each. So for Burnley getting slapped by Villa at home, that is great news for Everton and for Leeds. Yes. So it's just exciting. It's just, you know, we know Burnley, they've changed the manager. They've realised that they have to do what they have to do to get out of this situation, try and turn the form around. They did get three wins on the bounce, but unfortunately that, that little streak has come to an end uh, by Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa team. I think um, we've also got uh, some interesting games for Southampton um, that come up in, 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 in that running as well. Um I think they play Liverpool next, um, and then they finish the league season away to Leicester. Um, whereas Burnley, um, Burnley finish the league season at home to Newcastle, who are safe by then. But Burnley play Spurs next week, and then they also play Aston Villa away. Now, considering what Spurs are going to be gunning for, which we'll speak about shortly, I don't see many points for Burnley. Maybe in the last two, they can win those games, but. It's really tough. I think I think Southampton are okay mainly because of other people's fixtures as opposed to like them. I don't think Burnley are going to pick up um, nine points. I don't think Leeds will pick up twelve points, and I know Everton won't pick up fifteen points. Mm. So that's why I think they might have just done enough and will stay up more by default than than anything else. Okay, that's interesting. Considering that Burnley just got slapped by Villa at home, mm. I don't think that they'll be beating Villa when they go away in second to last game. You know what's weird but about a game like that, yeah? yeah? It's kind of like, because they've slapped us, it then depends on what state Villa are in. Villa have nothing to play for. Like, Villa are very much that like 11, 43 points. They're going to be, they're going to go, they're going to have a game with City. They've still got Manchester, they've, they've still got a team game with City. They've still got to play Liverpool. It just depends on where Villa are at and will will maybe Gerard want to give a couple of the squad players a little bit of a run out because that will be their last home game. There's a few little things that we need to kind of work out. We need to find out exactly where Aston Villa are because sometimes those middling teams with nothing to play for can, can slap you 4-0. Word to Brighton. <laughs> but then the other stuff, it could be a case of they could just completely fold like a cheap suit, like a cheap suit. Similar to what like Southampton did against the Eagles. If, if we're talking relegation, 
well, Villa must be playing baseball because they are safe. Mm-hmm. That's a home that. run in that <laughs> position there, 11th on 43 points. One thing I did like about Villa is Callum Chambers being deployed at the base of the diamond, um, which I thought was really interesting because that's something that uh, I heard Callum say in an interview when he was at Arsenal under United Emery, uh, that you know the manager sees him as someone who can play in a, sort of like a defensive midfield kind of role. But then we never really saw it. Mm. And... Um, you know, it seems to be working well. He seems to be a, a really good utility player for Gerard. So I hope he keeps getting games and uh, things work out well for Cam Change. Yeah, we spoke about him beforehand, but yeah, like let's see how it, how it plays out. Let's see how did, it plays out. Did you put any Villa players in your FPL team? Because yeah, standard Digne and Watkins. There you go. There you go. I, I considered Watkins, but I thought. I like I like the kind of hunger that Everton's been showing recently, and I feel like the form of Richarlison might be a. Bit I got short. both. I got both. There you go. There you go. That could pay off. Very yeah, hopefully. Handsomely. Hopefully. Um, we hope and pray. Because <laughs> there's money on the land. <laughs> uh, someone else who's gonna hope and pray is Chelsea Football Club. They're gonna hope and pray that the money comes through on time that money on the line being the buyout the ownership the drama they've got going on off the pitch which clearly to me is affecting the on the pitch displays they just the form is patchy look at the form table l dub draw l draw like the, the, the most patchy inconsistent form i think clearly they've got other things on their mind futures are in in the air, nobody knows what's going on. But there is talk, isn't there? There is talk of uh, a bid. Uh, I think we've got a story here from. Uh, let me find this thing from Eurosport. Um, this is one of yours, isn't it, Ash? Yeah. Talk, talk, to me, talk to me about this Sir Jim Ratcliffe bid. Yeah. So, um, a four point. Two five billion bid has come through from from this. Um, looking likely that it is going to kind of be going through um, someone who they rejected a, a bid earlier on from a different kind of consortium as well. Um, they've been given special license to explore what that could look like moving forward. Um, it's going to be difficult for it to happen, but it seems like. This is the first step down the down the um, the line for this. Um, it's currently being scrutinised, and yeah, this seems to be the one that's got the most traction at the moment. I think the Chelsea situation is so confusing. Um, I think Thomas Tuchel even spoke about potentially the fact that someone like Rudiger, because of the contractual situations and the ability to sign players and make deals that's definitely kind of like um expedited his 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 release and his his ability to be a free agent but he's still not too sure exactly where he's going but he's going to be quite a loss for them chris jensen is the same as well but i suppose it's one of those things where you don't see these things happening but even letting two of your kind of first choice most like starting center backs get to the last six months of their contract is just an l um so yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. I think, I think there is a there is an element of distraction at Chelsea. You're right, but I also feel that their 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 recent implosion and just some of their performances on the pitch does actually speak to Thomas Tuchel, who I who I rate quite quite highly. But there's still kind of got to be a way to kind of galvanise things. Um, they've actually. It's weird. If if Tottenham had managed to hold on to their lead yesterday, which we'll go, get on to, and say we win today, it would have been a free horse race for two spots for the Champions League for the Champions League places. Um, the fact that now we still have to play kind of Tottenham and we'll, we'll, we will pre- preview that game means obviously people are going to keep taking points off each other as well. So Chelsea might just be good enough to get to get Champions League, but they're very much still attainable when they shouldn't be like as you said their recent form is some really poor results and some draws that they shouldn't have done so 
yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot kind of going wrong at Chelsea at the moment, and things need to be resolved quickly. Most definitely. Um, this uh, ownership situation is, eh, it's definitely playing a, uh, a part. I could just imagine. Um, I've been in a situation where my company was getting taken over before the company I was working for, and loads of people started leaving the job. Just mm. you know, people just didn't like that uncertainty in the f- in their future. Mm. Um, some people were just nervous. They were thinking about it all the time. What's going to happen? Is it going to be restructuring? And, and when the new owners came in, yeah, there, there was restructuring. Some people's jobs got kind of written out of the script. New people came in. Some people had to leave. That's just how it goes. So obviously mm. these guys are in that same situation where they're pondering their futures. Um, but from my perspective, I'm not so happy to hear about this uh, preferred bid, as they say in this Eurosport mm. article, because I was quite interested in the Sir Martin Broughton bid, which includes uh, capital from the likes of Serena Williams, and mm. Hamilton, which we talked about on a previous episode. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe there could be a counter bid from the Broughton group, um, and maybe they can still get in there. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely seems like uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe's group are in pole position. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, in terms of the actual game, I actually forgot to comment on the game, didn't I? <laughs> I think, yeah, Lukaku came back, got a brace, um, hasn't scored, I think that's his first Premier League goals um, for the year um, great response from, from Wolves who haven't been playing well um, their defensive resolve has dissipated and they weren't scoring many goals so I think this is the first time they scored more than one goal in a game in in, in, a, in quite a while so yeah no um, entertaining into the game and um, yeah I think I don't know like I just feel that like, Wolves are safe Chelsea will get into Champions League somehow it's a bit meh. Like, there's some real big stuff and some big stories still to come. So, yeah, man. Yeah, let's move yeah, on. D- definitely. This sounds um, a bit meh as well. <laughs> from, from, from an FPL perspective, though, I was, you know, I actually looked at this run of fixtures with all the double game weeks coming up and I thought, see your team, actually. And I thought, your team, I thought, ooh, Chelsea, they might be able to do something for me. At one point, I have three Chelsea players in my team. They all flopped. They haven't been getting yeah, clean sheets. They haven't been, the attackers haven't been scoring the goals and getting that many assists. Matt didn't even <sighs> play yesterday. Didn't even play. So I've got um, Dewsbury Hall on my bench as my first sub. I think so, he'll play against Leeds, though. So I, I think, think he'll, he'll play at least once. Or any, and yeah. he, he might even start one and then come off the bench in another one. But he's, he's, he's looking strong, good. though. I'm looking at the team now. The team's looking strong. Uh, he's not the biggest goal for it, so Dewsbury's like you know he's a good bench player. I suppose it's cheaper than that. Nah, he he scored he scored and got a um he scored and got an assist a couple of weeks ago. Like uh, for me, he's an enabler to to enable me to facts. have players big like facts. Salah uh, and Son in the midfield. Um, yeah. But and um, as I've well, been disappointed got... because I had Havertz and I had Mount, and I was hoping yeah. that Chelsea were going to start doing something, and I had Werner as well. But Both of them didn't start. Only Werner started yesterday. Yeah, so. Pulisic has come back in. It looks like he was playing in a number like 10 Pulisic. role. Pulisic like, in a number 10? I like Pulisic, you know. I think he's a good player. And I feel like if he can just get himself, like, settled. But then again, I like Pulisic. I like Ziyech. Mount's all right. Though, like, those three with the right striker in front of them could actually be quite potent if the system works for them. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with them. We shall. Um, swiftly moving on. Crystal Palace won Watford nil. I know you got some fire for this one. It sounded like you couldn't wait to uh, to move on to the next one a while ago. Like, nah, this is another meaty game. Like, good result for Palace. Another win. Great. Watford get relegated. We knew that was that was, what was going to happen. I went down to see Crystal Palace against um, Leeds a couple of weeks ago. Jesus. It wasn't the greatest game by... Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest game. And I think... Palace, don't know. Like Palace are just, I think that's like seven points out of the last nine. Just, just doing enough. That's what they do. They just do enough. And yeah, if they just had like a really like clinical striker with your Eze, Elise, Zaha, it could be exciting times. So I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do in the summer. And then, yeah, hopefully Pat's second season will be um, as good as his first season. I don't think there's much to say on this game, to be fair. It's nice to see Zaha consistently scoring goals, even if yeah, they what, are... 14? 14 this season? 
it's still alright. No, it's hard. good. I'm, it's very good. I'm, 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 a, I'm a, It's weird. I'm a big Zaha fan until he starts going into that. I want to fight everyone thing. Like it's dead. It's proper, proper dead. This whole oh, like macho. I am me, me, me as I. It's is poor. Just focus on your football, man. But yeah, thirteen league goals, one assist, um, and scoring consistently as well. Like he's not just. I think he had a couple of periods where he wasn't scoring, but I think his longest run without a goal is five games, which is pretty good for him. It's pretty good. Shout out to Young Wilf. Oh right, he was actually injured at one of those stages. No, his longest run. Yeah, yeah, it's five, five. Yeah, it's. As we proceed to give you what you need, I needed this. I needed this. (laughs) Over indeed. Nah, you know what's weird? That setup was mad. I needed this. Yo, Brighton are giving United a four piece. Crazy. (laughs) Four piece extra crispy. (laughs) (laughs) Hold the fries. United. Like, don't, like, listen, obviously. Brighton have gone to the to the to to White Hart to to the new White Hart Lane. They've come to the Emirates. They've done what they've done in it. But Brighton to thump you up. You listen to this crazy stat, yeah. Before that game, Brighton had scored twelve goals at home all season. Man. They scored twenty five percent of their home goals in one game, and it came against Man United. How does how does Ragnick get out of this? Because this is like. But he's out though. He's in terms out. of his reputation, man, it, it is shot to pieces. He, what he's accepted the Austrian management job now. You know what? Yeah. Do you know why I think he can get out of it? He could just park it on the players. He could just literally park it on the players. Like if you think about what's going on in terms of what they're doing, like for them to be beating Brentford and doing all this kinds of stuff, or being able to put bring a performance up to beat Tottenham, and then showing like and then like serving that up. He can actually just put pull it on the players because a lot of what he's doing is keeping the same team and he's accommodated things. He's put Bruno back in the ten. Don't know why he's playing Wan Mata though. Like I like Wan Mata a lot, but I kind of feel like his Premier League career is done and dusted. You've got Jaden Sancho, you've got other people who could play out wide. But no, I genuinely think Ragnick can just say, I've done all I can. It's the players. We've seen it through previous managers that they're inconsistent. That's how I think he gets away with it. But whew, four nil. I was actually out. I was driving while the game was on, and my phone was just buzzing. I was like, "Why is my phone buzzing like this?" And everyone was just laughing and laughing. I was like, "I like when these results come in, and it's not Arsenal. Like it's good. It's good for other teams to be laughed at. It's good for other teams to be laughed at." I mean, yeah, that's that, that's that's something that. I gotta admit, admit, up with all of the uh, the drama we've had over with Manchester United fans over the years, I always love to see it. I love it when mm. Man United get slapped and four 0 against Brighton. That is crisis stuff for a club like Manchester United. Mm. I've seen quotes from players saying, "This isn't good enough. We're not fit to wear the shirt," and mm. all this kind of thing. Fans going crazy on social media. Some fans have just Accepted it, haven't they? Because they know they've been trash all season, so it's just mm. like typical. Um, wow, definitely a rebuild on the cards. What can you see happening in the summer? Or do any of these players have what it takes to play for Manchester United and to be challenging for the title next season? Oh, the the title is a long shot. So I think we part that United have exceptional players. Like we've seen people who have been in great form um, beforehand. But there's a lot of work to do. I think, listen, football's all about confidence, right? I know we talk about that technical ability and all those kinds of things, but when you're confident within your skin, your your technique kind of comes through a lot easier. So <clears throat> you see it all the time that like when teams get momentum, even some of the most basic players start looking very, very good or a system works for them. So confidence in a system, confidence in yourself breeds a lot of success United need both they need a complete reset Ten Hag's coming in I think you just write the season off now literally you just be like you know what cool like Anus Horribilis or whatever they call it and then yeah you just keep it moving like I think kind of we've had to do it a few times like last year was like 
the most horrific year for, for Arsenal in a long time. Obviously, there's been some kind of bounce back from it. So I suppose United have to just kind of do that as well. They're gonna they're in line for their lowest ever points total. So even if they win their last game of the season away to Crystal Palace because they don't have a game next week because of the, the FA Cup final. Um, yeah, Man United will finish on 61 points. And that's the lowest they've ever, ever, ever had in a Premier League season. Absolutely shocking. But shout out to Brighton, though. Um, they got Brighton. Trossard. Their recruitment Yo. has been excellent. You know, down that left-hand side, Trossard, Kukurela, Caicedo, they were playing some football, man. Yeah, um, yeah I, I really enjoyed watching this game. And, um, yeah, young Caicedo got himself a goal. I think he's, what, 19 years old? Uh, yeah, was crying when he scored. I, I, I like it, though. Like, I rate it, like... That's the real human element, and we all and we always say on the podcast like we're humans first. So, for you to play very well, like and he's, I think he's in run, he's in the running for their player of the season as well. Like he's Had really, yeah, him, 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 Trossard, um, I think Dunk might be in the might be in a shout for that as well, um, and Basuma. Yeah, I think I think I think what Brighton I've got going on is is good, but like you said, Brighton just need. Similar to Palace. Brighton are very much similar to Palace in the sense of they've got enough ingenuity. They've got some nice technical players that look really good. If they could nail the right striker, could be curtains. It could be, it could really be them pushing on and becoming your new Leicesters, able to get into Europe regularly and, 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 and ruffle a few of the big players. Could you see someone like, because uh, we know that there's a lot of free transfers popping up in the summer. Could you see someone like Origi maybe getting a free transfer to you know someone what? like Crystal Palace or Brighton? You know what? That's a good shout, you know. I feel like Origi would actually benefit a team like Brighton. I think I think that's a very good shout. He would definitely enhance them. Maybe he's going to think that's not his level, isn't it? He's going to think he's maybe... I've won the Champions League. I should be playing for yeah, Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe something like that. <laughs> or, or, I don't know about Real Madrid, but like, say, let, let's say, for instance... Let's say, for instance, Kane was to move on. Could Origi think I could go to say maybe the next step down and go and be then go and be their main number nine? So, so could he go into there? Is he is 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 Origi? I don't think he is personally. I'm not going to lie to you, but would he think he could go to Arsenal and go and be their number nine? I, yeah, I think he could play for Arsenal. Um, I don't know about I'm all right, man. Kane's boots. I don't know about that. Well, no, the thing about Arsenal is apparently this, this. got Lacazette and Enketia, so Origi is an upgrade. But, let's, but hold on, this is what I'm saying. He's not meant to, like, he's not going to be as good as Kane, but if he was to go to that level, like, if he if if he can play for Arsenal, then surely he can play for Tottenham, because we're at the same level. It's just the fact that you're bringing him in to replace Kane, that's, that's the only thing... That I don't agree with because I, f- I feel like it's kind of like bringing in someone to replace Aubameyang. You know, you need someone of the similar type of stature or a player capable of making that leap to get there. With someone like Origi, he's kind of what is he? Twenty seven now. I don't even rate Origi like that, but I'm just saying for for his me- for his me- mentality, he's been like a sub and been quite crucial at certain times for Liverpool coming off the bench and being a squad player. So then, so naturally, if you're a squad player at say someone like Liverpool. The next level down, you're gonna rate yourself to be a star at that level. Let's move on. I think we spent mm. a little bit too long chopping up the fixtures, but like I say, the football talk does energize you. Uh, so one of the biggest games of the weekend, from an Arsenal perspective as well. This game was massive because we really needed Liverpool to do us a solid, and they just didn't really turn up, man. I don't know if it's the fixture congestion and all of the competitions that they're in, trying to win everything. If they'd have got the win today, that would have been huge for them because you know City's going to keep putting the pressure on and trying to win games after getting knocked out of the Champions League. So, ah, disappointing for me. I think the big players for Liverpool really just didn't turn up. Mane was poor. Salah was poor. Diaz was pretty good. But apart from that, it's... It just didn't really look like they were going to win this game, in my opinion. I think a draw, draw turned out to be a fair result. But Spurs actually could have won it. They had a lot of chances. And there was times when if somebody just passed the ball, somebody just put in the right cross, then maybe they could have been more goal. I mean, 
it's 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 a good result for Arsenal. Because if we if we win today, even if we lose to Spurs in the week, they're still one point behind us. That means you've got to beat Newcastle and Everton in your last two games to secure Champions League football. You can't you can't really ask for a better position than that. You've got to win basically Arsenal need to win three out of four games to secure Champions League football. Two of them are at home against teams fighting for relegation, and one of them is for a team that literally should be on the beach. And you're playing your North London rivals who you've beaten already this season. Like there's no there's no better concoction of results, sorry, of fixtures that should allow a team to get to fourth place. If Arsenal don't make fourth place, it's on them. It's not even really on Tottenham anymore. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, especially now that they've dropped points again. Um, this is it's obviously it's a big two points loss for Liverpool. It kind of means they they've taken some of the pressure off of City. It means City can actually blink and still win the league. Um, the joke is, I actually think if Liverpool won this game, I've I thought with everything that's happened to City in the last week, I kind of felt that City might have blinked. I didn't think they would at one stage, but after I saw what happened in the after I saw what happened in the Champions League, I wasn't too sure about City's next four games. And I thought if Liverpool were perfect, actually I think that might have been a bit too much for City. But now Liverpool have blinked first, I think City definitely like see see out. Even if they like kind of like they can't afford to lose a game, but they can definitely go they can win three and draw one. And I think Manchester City will get the 10 points they require to win the league. Mm. That's interesting. That's that's a very well-reasoned, well-thought-out analysis of the situation. Man. Come on, man. You know the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even pick it apart. So all I can do is say fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Spurs... I do like what Conte is doing there. Unfortunately, I like Conte as a manager. Um, Listen, I wanted him at Arsenal, innit? I was out to organise the team. I, I don't really want him at Arsenal because, 100% in terms of identity, you know, like having had someone like Arsene Wenger at the club for so long, I would have preferred we moved to Carlo Ancelotti. I would have felt like that would have been a bit more continuity at the club. Going from uh, having Arsene Wenger in to moving to someone like Conte, I feel like that would have been a complete reshuffle of our ideas our philosophies i even think we would have had to have had a complete restructure like a lot of the players at the club would have had to go and i know everyone would have thought that was necessary anyway but um i don't know i just didn't i just didn't really want that kind of thing at arsenal i kind of like the way that arsenal played football and um would have liked to have tried to continue in the same vein but it is what it is. And with Mikel Arteta, I do think we've kind of got that. We've kind of got a child of Wenger, someone who's going to play that attractive attack in football. But unfortunately, we still have some of the uh, the defensive problems that we had under Wenger as well, don't we? So. Yeah, we'll see. <sighs> so should, um, pre- should, should, should we preview that game now then? Well... On Arsenal. Who yeah. cares about Liverpool Tottenham? <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. No, I'm joking. I'm well, we needed Tottenham to, to lose... They drew, so you know, all right, onto Arsenal. No, I still, I, no, genuinely, like, just, I was joking around. It is still good because, like I said, if they won, they're ahead of us, and then if we, again, if we blink, then they're in the they're in the box seat. Does that make sense? So because now, if we win, there's four points. Even if they're perfect, we don't have to be perfect, and that's the beauty of football. Like when you have to be perfect, that's when the the pressure really cranks up. But now we've got a little bit of breathing space. But I really hope we go and we slap Wolves. Sorry, slap Leeds. And we give it to them. Sorry, Dad, I know you're not going to like this. I want us to slap Leeds up. So when we go into the North London derby, confident. full of confidence, That's it. full of momentum. So even if it, even if the derby doesn't go our way, we still got two more games with everything in, in, in our hands. I don't want today to be a draw. And then we have to... Basically, we have to win the derby and then we have to win the next three. I want us to, to win. I want us to win today to make sure that it gives us more breathing space. Well, I'm not sorry, Dad. Leeds can go back to the championship for all I care. <laughs> whoa, Man whoa, don't whoa, care whoa, about whoa, whoa. Man don't care that. about all that. 
You know what I mean? I just want the three points, man, and and three points in style. I loved how we came back against West Ham. We dug deep. We found the minerals. We found the cojones that certain players said we didn't have. We found them. I'm not going to lie, yeah. I need Marlo to turn up today. (laughs) A.K.A. Eddie. (laughs) 5-0, 5-0. I feel like he will. And you know what? He's played for them before, so he yeah. could be our secret weapon. He could have some information about how to, you know, how to kind of work against them. Yeah. Oh, and uh, But at the same time, they might know how to play against him as well. There's probably players at Leeds that have had him on lock and key in training. Maybe. And they know, yeah, he's going he's gonna to do this thing and then I'm just going to do that thing like I always used to do. So problematic, a problematic uh, fixture for Enketia maybe but at the same time he might have one or two ideas as to how he can uh, beat these players he's probably used his pace to, to run past a slow these defender before hasn't he yeah hopefully um, but yeah it's it's. I mean three wins on the bounce the confidence is there you know we talked about the fixtures and how Arsenal really needed to pick up points in certain games and they didn't we were down in the tops and what a turnaround look now the, the guys have, have done the business man they've They've got the results that we didn't think they were going to get. Nah, big facts. You know what's crazy about us here? If we win the next two games, we've we've secured fourth. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. Obviously, it's not just like that. Some people will be proud. Come on. Anyway. Cool. Let's go. Come on, Arsenal. I mean, that is the most... Have you got a prediction? Because I'm thinking... Oh, yeah. We win. We win. I think... I think... I think we win... 2-1 2-1 or 3-1. One cheeky goal from them, yeah? Maybe Rafinha with a little left foot. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Wolves, sorry, I keep saying Wolves. Smile with me. Leeds, Leeds will score today. Even though I put Tavares in my fantasy team, Leeds will score today. The only thing that worries me about this running is some of the fixtures, like Everton on the last day. If it goes to the wire, that is problematic. Um, Obviously, North London... We always beat Everton at home. Fixture. Yeah, but on the last day season when they're fighting for their lives, I just don't like that fixture. Mm-hmm. No, um, it's like it's like should be able to beat Newcastle away or at least get a draw. But considering that you know we lost, I think South Newcastle away. Right. I, mean, I think out of, with the with the exception of the Tottenham game, Newcastle away is clearly our hardest game. I really I, believe that. I, I don't know because I I think motivation is huge and a motivated Everton team if they still need to secure. Premier League survival on the last day that could be problematic so I hope you're right and I hope how beautiful could it be for us to secure Champions League football on the same day that we that we relegate Frank Lampard (laughs) what type of energy you got going on there why do you not like the realest energy bro real but yeah much of a like liking to him either so I think you've picked that up from him yeah yeah, yeah. I'm not not really a big Lamps fan like that but but yeah anyway let's Let's keep it cracking. Let's keep it cracking. Let's, let's keep it moving. What's next? Next up, we have Leicester versus Everton. Um, well, Leicester. You know, I, I quite like Leicester. I quite like Leicester. But yeah, like you say, they, they've got nothing to play for. But shocking, I haven't looked at their position in the table properly. They're 14th. You know, at the start of the season, I said, if we sign a right back, we're going to finish 8th. And I said it a little bit tongue in cheek, mm. but. Part of the reason I said it was because of the form of the other teams mm. and how badly we had been playing. Um, and it was teams like Leicester and West Ham and Spurs and Man United. I was thinking, if they keep playing the way they've been playing, we're in trouble. But Leicester are down to 14. Mm. And I think it's, it's probably weird, because they've been competing in Europe exactly. and they didn't really have the squad capable of competing in so many competitions and that's taking its toll that's what I think it but is but they've only played 33 games so let's say for instance they've got they've got a home game against um, Everton they've got a home game against Norwich if they were to win those two games they are ninth with a, with, with a game in hand over the team below them and on the same amount of games as Wolves so I just think Leicester's focus has been elsewhere They've got their five games to kind of finish the season off with. They'll probably finish around. I'm going to say they're going to maybe get 50. I reckon they'll get 10 out of the next. They'll get 10 points out of the next five. They'll finish on 52 points. They'll be in the top half of the table. And we won't even remember that they were this low. I do think that's what's going to happen to them. If they win their next two games. They will. They're going to beat Everton. 
Leicester, Leicester will be Everton and Leicester will be Norwich. Well, the last time they played Everton, they drew one all uh, in the reverse fixture, and um, they drew nil nil with Aston Villa at home. They got slapped three one by Spurs. The the form table is telling you that this team yeah. is not looking like they're going to. I'm going to put some money on it actually. I'm going to actually in a bit. I'm going to load up a bet where I'm going to back Leicester to win the next two home games. Mate, I want to see a screenshot on social media. Oh, no, I'll just send it to you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just send it directly to you. I'll, I'll, I, reckon, I'll, I reckon I'm confident Leicester will win their next two games. All right, how about that then? How about that? I'm not, I, don't, I don't quite share that confidence, but we'll see. We'll see how it works out. I like the fact that you're going to put your money where your mouth is. So that gives us a little extra incentive to watch this game, uh, even though I'm going to be watching the Arsenal game. Let me log in right now, actually. I'm actually going to I'm gonna do it live, live on air. Lock and loading it. I'm I, logging I, it I, in. I'm not going to put that I much like on that, it, though. I like that. I like that. I like I'm not going to put mad, though. Hey, you never bet more than what you can afford to lose. A little yeah, right. bit for, for just for the banter and that. That's all good. All right, that's, ah, cool. Okay, you know what? They're 7-4 to four to win today. Interesting. Okay, so they're 7-4 to four to win today. And then let me find out how much they'll also be in their next game. This is really interesting, actually. That, that's, that's actually really good odds. That's not bad. You put 40 quid on that, you're getting over 100 quid back. Yeah, double. So a double is a double for Leicester and Leicester to win both their games is a three, three to one. All right, cool. Yeah. I've just logged it in. Just logged. But, that, but those odds kind of tell you that the bookies aren't, aren't really on your side. They don't really think Leicester's going to win this at seven to four. But Everton are awful away from home and Everton are better odds than Leicester. It makes no sense. But yeah, we'll see. Let's that see is long odds, bro. It's like three and a half to one. Yeah, like Everton, like less, like Leicester being odds against at home to Everton, and Everton have one of the worst away away records in the league. Let's see what happens. Anyway, I just logged it in, so I will I will update everyone. Let's get it. Right, man. Um. So what's next? We've got <laughs> Norwich versus West Ham. Pointless. There's dead, the, the, yeah, dead, dead game. Dead game. There's yeah. nothing on that at all. So yeah, let's keep uh, it RIP to West Ham's European um, conquest. I had a little uh, social media back and forth yesterday, and um, because of that back and forth, I ended up looking up the European uh, fixture reforms and looking into European fixtures and stuff. Mm. And it turns out that if West Ham won the Champions League, sorry, if West Ham won the Europa League, they would have got a, a UEFA Champions League spot. And five Premier League teams would have been in the Champions League next season. Yeah. I didn't realise that it would have been five. But there you go. You learn something new every day. So, unfortunately, West Ham are out of the European competition. Will they beat Norwich? Probably. Who cares? It's not really going to do anything exciting. Whoever wins that game. It's not going to affect what's going on in the rest of the league. Uh, Man City versus Newcastle. This is a game of a lot more importance because City, with them being knocked out of Europe, this is pretty much all that they're focusing on now. They need to win the Premier League title. <sighs> Are Liverpool going to win everything, Ash? Not anymore. You already said you think City are going to win the league. So yeah, I, I did. really need to ask you that question. Yeah, not anymore. I think, like I said to you beforehand, I think if if Liverpool had had won yesterday, I think we would have. I think there. I think we would have seen a quadruple. Um, but now I think that one result, Liverpool blink first. So yeah. Looking at their running, I mean, City are playing Newcastle and then Wolves and then West Ham. I was going to say everything that looks like a, a winnable game in their fixtures, but then when it comes to Manchester City, every fixture is a winnable game. So it doesn't matter who they're playing, really, does it? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's just like West Ham can still be tricky, don't get me wrong. But again, like I said, they've now got the scope that if they win their two home games and they win one of their away games, they've done it. So I think they're going to beat Wolves. Um so yeah, I think that's I think that's that. Personally. On the topic of Origi, could Newcastle be the kind of club Origi could go to next season? Yeah, but they've got Chris Wood and they've got Callum Wilson. I don't know if I can say Origi's better than Callum, uh, like a fit and firing Callum Wilson. He's he's been so unlucky with injuries. But, yeah, so yeah, I think he might just there. be he might just be there. He's the number one striker next season. Yeah, but because of those injuries. 
is he going to be a reliable but again like striker? we said we've done it from the three point of of Origi not what how we rate him so if he rates himself then he would definitely think he can go there and run that so so yeah I think um I think I think it's very interesting to think about what your perception of your ability is versus how people perceive you yeah, that is an interesting... We, we had a conversation like that on a BRB once before about perception versus reality. Mm. It is a, a very fascinating thing to talk about, but that's one for another day. 100. Um, so that brings us to the end of the fixtures and the results. Uh, I'm sure by the time you guys listen to this, you would have known what all of the fixtures are like. And maybe you was listening to this and laughing at us saying, ah, you guys are totally wrong. Those fixtures aren't going to go the way that you said they were going to go. Ah, whatever. <laughs> and uh, there's a few more uh, things we can talk about before we wrap up. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of the European fixtures, didn't we? I think Ash, you wanted to talk on some of the uh, the results that have happened in Europe so far. Yeah, so Liverpool went through to the final. Um, had a bit of a scare with Villarreal. Um, halftime just came at the wrong time, so it got to two. So Liverpool won the first leg 2-0. Villarreal were 2-0 up at halftime, and just halftime just came at the wrong time. Killed the momentum. A little tactical switch to bring Luis Diaz on. Um, and then the goalkeeper just really just threw a couple in. He threw, like, really, really bad kind of goalkeeping mistakes just moved the momentum of the tie to Liverpool and Liverpool ended up going through 5-2 on aggregate to honestly, another Champions League final for them. Honestly, I feel like United Emery's team bottled it because yeah. they were in pole position. They were winning the game and it it kind of felt like Liverpool uh, in Milan all over again where they've kind of gone in 3-0 down at half-time and the second half everything's changed and they end up winning the Champions League and it's like, what? Um, but yeah, for me, Villarreal bottled it. Like, if they'd have just set themselves up to be defensive and just stop attacking, they would have been alright. But they gave Liverpool some space, Liverpool exploited it and they ended up scoring five goals over the two tyres. How about that? But yeah, congratulations to Liverpool getting to the uh, Champions League final. In the other mm. semi-final, Listen, I thought, I, honestly, oh those gosh. two games were some of the best games of football I've ever seen in my life. Man City. The first game, Man City versus Real Madrid, yeah, that game was absolutely amazing. I don't understand how Man City weren't 6-1 up after that first game. And then what was crazy is, the longer the game went, even when they went 1-0 up, I was like, Real Madrid aren't dead. There's just something about Real Madrid in this competition. And those two goals in a minute from Rodrigo were just nuts. And then to give away a penalty like that as well. And the way that... And then the moment that they... The way that Benzema scored the penalty as well. The Caneco. Oh, no, that was the last... That was was the the first leg. This time he slotted it. He slotted it this time. Sorry, I was talking about that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but even even in that, for him, like... Again, just so many like that late goal just makes such a difference. Like all of these things just make such a difference. Like City, just oh gosh, it's another collapse. I think I think Pep's had like a couple collapses in terms of like goals in short spaces. It's never kind of like he's systematically beaten across the 180 minutes. It's like a mad 10 minutes or a mad 19 minutes, and then that's essentially it. So. Yeah, man, like, just Pep, Pep let it, like, I don't even think he let it down, it's just the players just didn't, they don't have the backbone for it, man, there's just something in their DNA, like, them and Paris Saint-Germain, just, there's something about them two, man, seriously, I think if them two, if them two got to the Champions League final, they would somehow conceive to both lose it, we'd have, like, penalties that go to, like, 37 each, and like no one's gonna miss a penalty or no one's gonna score a penalty. They just don't seem to just have the the cojones to actually like get themselves over the line in this competition. Oh. Yeah, it's not. So that was a shame. But in 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 slightly better news and really encouraging news, I'm really looking forward to the um, Europa League final. Eintracht Frankfurt beat West Ham. Um, again, I think just some of the things that happened in that, like Cresswell being sent off early. Um, yeah, it just they they just made life 
difficult for themselves and it was just a step too far for West Ham. But Rangers beat Leipzig 3-1 on the night to go through 3-2 on aggregate. John Lundstrom, who everyone knows two years ago in fantasy was like the player's player, like four million pound defender playing in midfield, scored, I think, nine goals, multiple assists. Like, yeah, he was the guy that everyone like had to have. So, um, yeah, he scored the decisive goal to take Rangers to their first European final in 14 years. And it really is an extension of the good work that Steven Gerrard done. Um, and yeah, what an amazing achievement for, for Rangers to make a European final. It really is. Um, shout out to Eintracht Frankfurt. Mm. I actually remember them playing against Arsenal a couple of seasons ago when we mm. were in the Europa League. And I thought they were absolutely fantastic. And I watched them against West Ham and they showed West Ham just how good of a team that they are. And as much as I'd like Rangers to win that Europa mm. League final, I can't see them beating Frankfurt. That team mm. solid. But you never know, uh, maybe a cheeky free kick from uh, Tavernier or uh, Ryan Kent getting in and behind on a free ball. Mm. Who knows what could happen? They've definitely got a couple of good players up there at Rangers. Um, yeah, and that should be a really good final. Looking yeah, definitely. Um, but that Champions League final, any prediction for that, for the way that's going to go? Liverpool will win. Mm. Straight Liverpool will win. Okay, okay. Liverpool, Liverpool will win that game. 3-1 You sounded quite confident when you said that as well Yeah, both teams to score but Liverpool Liverpool will be 2-1 up and then late in the day they'll hit them on the counter Yeah, Liverpool Liverpool will win that game 2-1 or 3-1 um, Well, Leicester got knocked out of the Conference League semi-final and so their opponents Roma go through to the final to face the final. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't really watched a lot of this uh, Conference League this season, no. but um, I do think the final should be a good game of football. Roma are a good play, uh, good team with some mm. good players, and uh, I don't even know where the final is. Some Premier League it's actually crazy. on the 25th. Okay, so just a couple of weeks. And uh, so yeah, when's the, when's the European League final? Uh, just before we move on, Premier League fans will know that there's uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, uh, Tammy Abraham and Chris Smalling playing at Roma under Jose Mourinho. So yeah, there's a few English players to watch out for if you want to catch that final. When's the Europa League final then? The Europa League final is going to be a week four on the 18th. Oh, interesting. OK. Hmm. OK. So, uh, yeah, lots of football to, to watch still. Mm. There's a Champions League final on the 28th. Yeah, yeah, I knew that one. 28th, 25th, 18th. Cool. Lots of football coming up this month. Um, so, uh, in any other news just before we wrap up? Um, we talked about Rangers. Mm. Um and uh, another talking about Rangers, another person from Scotland is Scott Brown, and Scott Brown Scotland retired from football. Now, for me, I think Scott Brown is an absolutely fantastic footballer. Um, I used to watch, I used to watch him play at Hibs back in the day at Hibernian when he was young. Um, and then he kind of converted from the role that he was playing, which was kind of like a wing-back kind of role, into like centre-mid or attacking-mid. Um, and I just think he's been a really good player for uh, Scottish football. And a player that I want to give a salute to, I used to buy him in, in football manager games when I was managing the SPL. He always used to do me a good job. Shout out to Scott Brown. Yeah, big up Scott Brown. Um, big up Scott Brown. Has he not like won something like... 10 league titles or something stupid like that uh, you know what I kind of need to find this article then if we want to talk about it if you want to talk I think because didn't they win didn't like Celtic win 9 in a row then then Rangers broke that duck but was he around for like the start of that run this is what I can't remember with him yeah I'm not so sure on the details to be honest with you 
Um, yeah, we know that he is most definitely decorated. Yeah, he's got. I've got an article here in the BBC that says he's won ten Scottish League titles, Mad. six Scottish Cups, seven League Cups. He's got fifty-five caps for Scotland. Uh, he's played seven hundred eighteen games totals, and he scored fifty-five goals in that time as well. Yeah. So it's just. Crazy hero, man. isn't it? Just absolute yeah. hero. And who knows? Maybe he'll, he'll be a kind of a player that wants to go into football management, or maybe we'll see him talking football in the media. Um, but um, yeah, a huge player in Scottish football, and um, I look forward to seeing him still being connected with the game. Yeah. He's been team of the season six times as well, and he's been players player of the year twice. So yeah, it says a lot, man. Dope, says a lot. dope, absolutely dope. A glittering career. A glittering domestic career, definitely. <laughs> um, there's something we forgot to talk about earlier, which is uh, Mikel Oteo having signed a new deal. Yeah, stupid. Uh, very stupid. Oof. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. Talk, 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 talk that talk, Ash. So he still could conceivably not really hit his, his achievement this year. So all you've done is you've given him more money and it's even harder for him to be able to move on. Like, so, for instance, if we don't get Champions League football, I hope we do, then you've essentially given him a contract prematurely because very, very quickly, we're not going to... Like, he's the manager who oversaw our worst ever Premiership, Premier League finish in, I think, like 30 years. Um, he won an FA Cup off the back of like the work that another manager kind of put in place. Things have looked very rocky. I think he conceivably could have been sacked three times in his run in the last two and a bit years. And yet we've given him a contract now for another two-year extension. It wasn't that important. It wasn't kind of like paramount that it was done now. You could easily have waited to the summer, reviewed it. Um, I just think it's stupid to do it now, but it's been done. Just have to kind of move on. I just... I just think the timing's stupid. I'm not saying don't give him a contract, but just see where the season ends, see where everything lies, and then I think you you you, you made that decision. But Arsenal seem very much wedded to Mikel Arteta, like come come sun, come rain, come sleet. So yeah. I feel like I feel like the announcement could have been strategic. It could have been strategically announced right now to give the players an extra little boost of confidence in the stability of the management at the club. It could have been something like that. Maybe maybe they needed it. I don't know. Um, but if it wasn't done strategically like that, then like you say, yeah, maybe they could have just held back the, the announcement at least. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Shout mm. out to Jonas Eidevall as well, who's also got himself a new deal, the Arsenal women's manager. Um, yeah, so stability at wow. Arsenal. That's what that's what the uh, the order of the day is. Stability and consistency. Let's go. Arsenal and the Oprah, yeah. You get a contract. You get a contract. Everybody gets a contract. Apart from Lacazette. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he needs to chip anyway. He needs to go. And maybe Eddie and Ket here as well. We talked uh, we talked about this off air. Um, we haven't got My much time to talk about it now, but I'll drop a little link to this in the show notes if anyone wants to read it a little article from Sky Sports talking about Eddie Nketiah um, obviously he has a contract situation as well um, and it's nice to actually read this article from Sky Sports about how well Eddie's done since he's come into the team um, with that being said I think it's time to wrap up do you have any other business at all Ash? Nah just everyone be good be careful enjoy life and um, yeah, I hope um, Ashman FC wins all of his mi- <laughs> wins all the mini leagues that he's in for fantasy. I'm sure. Ah, oh, there's one mini league I can't touch, which is your one, the BRB league. I, who's the guy who's top? Hold on, let me shout this guy out because he's had an outstanding. Coos FC, Marcus M. Oh my gosh, he is absolutely flying. He is in the top. He's in the top twenty five thousand of. The entire game. So out of nine million one hundred and forty six thousand six hundred and eight players, he is twenty four thousand one hundred and fifty third. Man like Marcus. I have no idea who this guy is, but he's the number one. 
Uh, maybe we should try and reach out to him, man, and see if we can get him on the pod. A top 25,000 manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, been cooking all year as well. And he's still got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 games. Okay, so, he's yeah. like 100 points clear of his next competitor. Yeah. Um, shout out to Rashid. He's only 100 points off of the the top 25,000 mm. manager. That's, that's not bad, is it? Yeah. All right. Well, like Ash says, be good. Um, if you can, make sure you DM me any data and statistics to help me with my FPL team because quite clearly I need to get up league table a bit. And um, we'll see you on the next one. Come on. Peace. Peace.